We speak to Peter Dutton, the Federal Opposition Leader, every Thursdays online. Peter, good morning to you. Good morning, Ray. Um, in a bit of strife, uh, you and uh, people north of Brisbane, in fact, right across parts of Queensland with this flooding, what's happening particularly in your area? Uh, there's certainly been uh, a lot of damage and a lot of families and local homes in my electorate, particularly around Bray Park and Lawnton, Petrie, uh, a number of other spots where people have been inundated in, in many cases for the first time. Uh, so we've been out visiting um, some of those families and businesses and some of them are insured, some of them couldn't afford their insurance, uh, some are worried about uh, uh, maintenance with uh, flood uh, planes and drains, etc. that may have backed the water up. So uh, there are a lot of people who are, um, you know, really, really doing it tough at the moment, Ray, and it's true up in Townsville and uh, in other parts of the country uh, as well where there's been... Um, weather event uh, and it's not over yet i suspect there's still talk about uh, more systems coming through so um, the cleanup's underway and people are throwing out their you know uh, their possessions and photos from when their kids were young and everything it's uh, it's heartbreaking for many of them yeah lately copped it on tuesday i was on air talking about uh, yes. over 300 mil of rain for our listeners in the darling downs and down towards ipswich area they really copped the hammering yeah, it came right through there, um, through Laidley and, and through uh, Gatlin, those places. Uh, Sanford, uh, my electric, uh, copped about 350 or 360 mil in three hours, uh, which is a hell of a lot of rain. And as I say, there were um, houses there that, uh, that were flooded for, and businesses flooded for the first time ever. OK, now, um, you'll be happy to know the Prime Minister has spoken on an FM radio station this morning, um, and I think he might have spoken about Toto and the colour of the tie he was wearing. But I don't know if you're aware of this because I know you're busy doing other things, but you're to blame, or not specifically you personally, but your party's to blame for everything, including the state of politics. Um, asked by WSFM, changing to Amanda, if uh, Australia's heading down the same path as US with people being divided, he said, yes, he was concerned about the conduct of the opposition. I'm concerned about politics, where the opposition just oppose everything. I used to say, I'm the Labor leader, not the opposition leader. For example, throughout the pandemic, even where we thought the government's measures weren't perfect, we said we won't let the perfect be the enemy of the good. So any of the yes vote, um, what's happened with the stage three tax cuts, uh, anything that's gone wrong, it's not the fault of the federal government and Anthony Albanese, it's the fault of Peter Dutton and the opposition. So take the responsibility, please. <laughs> well, it's uh, it's... Sad but predictable, and he and Jim Chalmers uh, run around with these gimmicks and lines that uh, that their pollsters would have given them. Uh, but the fact is that you know Australians know when the prime ministers lied to them. Uh, he did in relation to the voice promising that the detail would be made available before people voted. Hmm. It never happened. Never told people it was going to cost four hundred and fifty million dollars. It did. Uh, I didn't force his arm to get him to promise ninety seven times that electricity prices had come down by. $275. He's never mentioned that figure since the election. Again, you know, I'm happy to take responsibility for that. And in relation to the tax cuts, uh, people have budgeted for those tax cuts. And I think the debate now uh, is about what comes next, because Jim Chalmers, when you look at his words, he's got mm. this cute form of words around negative gearing and uh, dividends and the family home where the Prime Minister refused to give a straight answer in question time on whether they have plans to tax the family home. Uh, all of that now, uh, I think pe people can reasonably say, uh, you know, they're, they're worried that the changes are coming. And it's wealth redistribution. It's an attack on aspiration. 
It's pitching one Australian against the other, and I don't think it has any place here. And as for Australia Day, if the Prime Minister had the guts to stand up for our National Day and call out the Wake CEOs and other government departments that are completely out of control, well, we would have got the leadership that our country needs and deserves at this point in time. But when you've got a Prime Minister that walks both sides of the, the road and, and tells everybody what they want to hear, uh, you end up allowing these academics and Thomas Mayo and these other people, CEOs, on millions of dollars a year, the elites, otherwise, uh, telling us what to do. The vast majority of Australians want to celebrate who we are and they want a Prime Minister that stands up for them. Well, Jim Chalmers, um, and and people get to speak. You see, the problem I had is, and I spoke to you about hey, this. Hey, 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 Ray, 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 Ray. Mm. Dr Chalmers. Well, I'm not going to get a COVID injection from him. I can give you a tip. <laughs> I'd say those people are known best tell the same story. He likes to be called doctor, does he? I think he does. And okay. uh, right. he was and he was also Wayne Swan's chief of staff. Don't okay. forget about well, his Well, he was the world's greatest treasurer. Look, I'll, I'll rephrase. Dr. Casanova Chalmers. Now, he's promising, because they're all Casanovas now, Tony Burke, Chris Bowen. It's the Casanova Albanese government because everything they've touched is coming to power. You know what they've done to it, don't you? exactly what Casanova Bowen's been doing to power and immigration and a whole range of other portfolios. But back to him and franking credits and negative gearing. It's a credibility question. Now, even if he was true, even what he said is true and he believed it be true, people don't trust you anymore, Doc. They don't trust you. It's like saying, this isn't going to hurt, just bend over. This is not going to hurt. Okay, we're going to do a prostate examination here. I promise it won't. People don't believe you anymore, Doctor. They don't believe you because you've lied to us previously and you may lie to us again. That's the problem for Anthony Albanese and his government and the Treasurer. I think that's right. When they're asked about negative gearing at the moment, uh, they say, you know, uh, well, uh, as I say, acute, acute form of words, which if you if you have a look at it, it's not a straight answer and it gives them wriggle room. I don't know what they've got planned in the budget. Uh, but if they come out and say that you know we're going to cap negative gearing or abolish negative gearing or change capital gains arrangements, all I'll do is kill confidence in the economy and the rental stock that they want available, uh, investors will just leave and they'll go into shares or other investments. And if it's retrospective, then people will have to unwind arrangements and sell properties because they won't be able to afford. Uh, the rental property or rental properties that they've got. And the fact is that a lot of Australians uh, will work hard to pay off their own mortgage or pay it down and then buy a rental property because they rely on that rent in their retirement. And if you've worked at a union your whole life or at the Labor Party, you know, local senator's office, uh, I mean, the Prime Minister's, you know, been in that lap of luxury since he left university. I guess you don't understand the reality of, of what normal people do in terms of their budgeting and the way in which they live their lives. And I think at the moment, uh, Jim Chalmers is on this crusade to, uh, you know, be Robin Hood. And in the end, all I do is is kill aspiration, investment. And Australia, Australia has, you know, a volatile economy at the moment. The fundamentals are strong. But this government's had two budgets where they've weakened it considerably. And I hope interest rates come down soon. But uh, they've spent a lot of money, which has kept them higher for longer. And when they get in, they always damage and wreck the economy. And that's exactly the path we're on at the moment. Over the past few months, I've spoken uh, about the Environmental Defenders Office and the fact that uh, learned judges of the federal court have identified them as simply bringing cases that have no hope of winning 
and also having people there, so-called experts, particularly in Western Australia, coaching witnesses about what they should say when they have no basis in truth and they've been sent packing. But we keep lining up with them, the Environmental Defenders Office, and whether it's gas lines or whether it's mining in WA, wherever it may be, we keep funding them. Now, they're an organisation, I'm told, who rely upon charity and benefactors, but they also rely upon government funding. And it's almost unexplained how a government can fund an organisation that's taking them on. I mean, they're actually taking the government on and the government's paying their part of the bill. Well, Ray, when you you know sit back and, and analyse the modern Labor Party, that they're in a fight not even so much with the Liberal Party anymore. Their concern in Graindler, which is the Prime Minister's seat, or in Sydney for Tanya Plibersek's seat, they're, they're in a fight with the Greens. And all of these decisions that they make are based on trying to keep Green votes in the city. So they don't give a toss whether people in regional areas are having to look up at these 260-metre wind turbines and fertile paddocks that were once, you know, grazing paddocks that are now taken up with tens of thousands of solar panels. They don't care less about those people because what it does is allow them to tell the inner city voters who are voting for the Greens or Teals or the Labor Party that uh, the Labor Party is more green than the Greens. Mm. And this is the problem that they've got because we end up having decisions made, including funding of the Environmental Defenders Office, as a proxy because Anthony Albanese goes back to his local electorate. He says, don't worry, you know, uh, we've funded the Environmental Defenders Office. They're going to take the mining companies on. Uh, they're going to take uh, the, the salmon industry on. And, you know, nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Um, they're a proxy for us being able to, you know, do what I can't say that the government will do. And it's, it's a tricky, you know, approach. But that, that's that's what they're doing. I mean, the, the voice was to, to please a boisterous minority. The majority of Australians, two-thirds, indicated very clearly that they weren't going to tolerate this rubbish. The same in relation to Australia Day. But uh, I, I think the Prime Minister, uh, you know, has got a problem here. We announced yesterday that we would defund the Environmental Defenders Office, mm. uh, that in a coalition government they would no longer receive $1 of taxpayers' money. And I think the Prime Minister should follow suit. Mm. Now, I spoke to uh, the Executive Council of Australian Jury co-CEO Alex Rufchin uh, this week. He told me quite clearly he'd been warning the government about the United Nations body in Gaza and Hamas, their links to Hamas, for years. Now, Penny Wong has now joined a throng of other Western leaders to say, no, we won't make good the $6 million promise, even though $20 million went before it. And according to Alex Rupchin, he said he warned the Prime Minister directly and Penny Wong directly that the money they were sending there was going in some way to fund Hamas. Now, they've, and this is inarguable now, this body has stood down, I think, nine of 12 people who were directly involved in the terrorist attack on Israel on October 7. But uh, they were deaf to this, particularly Penny Wong. Well, Ray, I, I believe that uh, Penny Wong's position is untenable if it's demonstrated that she had advice that this money could be used uh, for a purpose uh, that wasn't intended by the government. If she had advice, which at least, uh, you know, from what's publicly reported, and as you've just said, she has received that advice, then the money's being flowed on regardless uh, and ended up in the hands of, of terrorists. That is an outrage because, firstly, it's taxpayers' money. It's against our national interest. And she had definite advice, uh, if that's what turned out to be the case, 
that she should not have ignored and the payment, the transfer of taxpayers' money should have been stopped. Uh, and if she's knowingly sent that money to a terrorist organisation, uh, then I think that is an outrage. And I think Penny Wong and the Prime Minister have uh, more questions than answers uh, in relation to, to this particular issue. Now, finally, it looked like a bit of posturing by the PNG uh, minister responsible uh, in relation to ties to China. Now, we've got the Prime Minister, James Marape, coming to Canberra next week to give an address. Do you think there was just one across our bow as a nation to say, well, you better start looking after us a bit better or we will go to China? Well, there's a lot of competition, obviously, uh, in the region. Um, the Chinese are desperate to set up uh, a naval base uh, somewhere in the region. They're lo mm. looking for a willing partner. They're making payments for sports centres and administration buildings, uh, providing payments uh, that we'll never know about otherwise. And it, it's it's a competition. And some of the leaders, I mean, leaving PNG aside, because uh, Prime Minister Marape is a very good friend of Australia and does a great job, mm. but there will be some leaders in the world uh, who will try and play uh, China off against uh, the West and vice versa, and they'll try and ramp up the amount of money that they're receiving. And uh, there will be others uh, who take a decision that, uh, you know, the Chinese are, are paying more and, and they'll go with them. And uh, that, that's just the reality of what the government has to deal with. It's what we were dealing with when we were in government. Uh, and I said in Perth earlier this week that we will provide support to the government because it's in our national interest to do so, to make sure that we remain uh, the preferred partner of choice, particularly in relation to police training and defence training and exercises. Uh, the Prime Minister says, and I agree with him 100%, that we live in the most precarious period since the Second World War, which is why he's got to get serious about getting defence uh, properly funded and uh, acquisitions underway, uh, because it is a dangerous period and we are a friendly country. We want peace and stability in our region, but we won't achieve that through being weak uh, and insipid. And I think that's the problem with the Prime Minister's approach uh, to most things that, uh, that most world leaders now see him as a pushover and weak. Uh, and most people here in Australia have drawn the same conclusion. We'll talk next week. As always, thanks for your time. Good luck with that uh, flood cleanup.